You're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. You're listening to The, the Weekly, Weekly Ponder. Ponder. I'm Nagina Pirzad and I'm an opinion columnist at the Daily Emerald Newspaper. And I'm Tanner Owens, the current opinion editor. So, as you know, every week I do a weekly rundown about everything that's happening in the news these days. I ponder some famous news bits um, that are going on around the world, and then Tanner and I discuss them over this podcast. Mm -hmm. And so, this week, it's been a little nostalgic. We have passed the halfway point. We've passed that whole week seven thing where it's still in the distance summertime and graduation is still a bit ahead of us Um, but it is week eight and so we only have a couple weeks left until graduation for us seniors and then until summertime in general for everybody else and so i know graduation has been on everybody's minds what's happening after graduation yes how do you feel tanner how do you feel about graduation um it's gonna be bittersweet but i think it's time four years is enough in the same place doing the same things kind of over and over so I'm ready to get some new scenery, see what's next for me. Totally. I'm excited for graduation itself, though, I think, the ceremony. I love closure. <laughs> so, and I love the whole celebration and stuff that comes with it, because I feel like we've done so much in the last four years, like accomplished a lot, you know, worked our booties off for classes and work and all of that. Yeah, and it's like, I don't know, the last four years we haven't really gotten any, like, I don't want to say praise, but like getting a good grade is yeah. kind of like cool. Like, that's what it is. But now loves, it's like yeah. celebrating us working hard for four years. Everybody loves a like pat on the back. You you done good, right? <laughs> um, we actually found out earlier this week that the editor of the Emerald newspaper will be giving the commencement speech at the School of Journalism ceremony um, on June twelfth, which is pretty exciting. Dahlia Bazaz. Yeah, it's gonna be great. She has really good, clever ideas, so I'm really excited to hear what she has to say. Yeah, she's, she's a really good speaker and everything, um, like with the newspaper, so I'm really excited for that. Um, another great commencement speaker is our country's commander-in-chief, President Obama, um, has made an appearance at two commencement ceremonies um, over the last few weeks. Um, the first one he talked at was on May 7th in Washington, D.C. at Howard University. And Howard University is a historically black college. And so that was a really nice speech to hear, in my opinion, just because you, I don't know, I feel like graduation speeches, a lot of them sound the same, you know, because it's just like, you did great. Now, like, the future's on you type of thing. Good job, class of blank, blank, blank. Fill in the numbers. (laughs) Um, But the Howard one was unique in that President Obama spoke on identity a lot specifically about like the racial aspect of people's identities because of he shares being black with these students with a majority of their students um so yeah that was really nice to hear um some quotes from his speech that really stood out in my opinion one was um be confident in your heritage be confident in your blackness there's no way to be black take it from somebody who's seen both sides of the debate about whether i'm black enough yeah that's powerful that is really strong. And I mean, it is an important issue for people of our generation to not have to be put into this box, especially the black stereotyping that happens all the time across the country. Like, that's a really important, strong statement from Obama. Yeah, I think it's really great, too, just because, like, it is 2016, and yeah, like, we have come far in some aspects, but not in so many others. And I don't think, like, that minority 
life experience that like in that struggle that a lot of minorities experience should be downplayed as it so often is in the media and stuff and so it's really nice that he is acknowledging that you know the average black experience in america is a unique one and something that people of other races won't ever experience as is like respectfully for other races there will be other experiences other various situations that happen and so it's nice that he could share that specific one with the black population does that make sense yeah (laughs) um so yeah he also brought up so he brought up his own experience as being a black person and how he was denied that part of his identity so many times while being in the public eye um and then he also went on um to acknowledge the whole black lives matter movement which i loved how he kept it so relevant and it was something that like you couldn't like, you couldn't hear this speech 10 years ago, you know? Like, he made it about 2016, and he made it about this class and what their duties are, like, after graduation. I thought it was really motivational and not one that, like, you know, you're going to sleep through or something or something that you always hear. Yeah, that sounds like a very, like... I mean, he's always been a good speaker. He's had some of the greatest speeches of any other presidents his past years in office. So we've expected kind of good speeches from him, but, yeah, hitting these points that really need to be hit, like... Yeah, it wasn't just your cheesy graduation speech like you often do here. Exactly. He brought a lot of emotion to it. He brought a lot of, um, like, his personal experiences into it. Um, But it was nice because, yeah, he was acknowledging the African Americans, um, like, that population specifically, but then he also extended it to, like, all minority people, all marginalized people, all people who are struggling um, in our country. So there's so much empathy and emotion, which was really nice to hear. Um, yeah, he goes on to unite people. Um, another quote is, we have cousins and uncles and brothers and sisters who we remember were just as smart and just as talented as we were, but somehow got ground down by structures that were unfair and unjust. And that means we have to not only question the world as it is and to stand up for those African-Americans who haven't been so lucky. And then he says, and for all people who are struggling. So right on Obama. Another reason for me to love him, right? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we see that some other politicians aren't so empathetic. So it is good to see that we have, like, another side of some stern politician doesn't have to be as macho as everybody always thinks. They can kind of bring in some of the, like, sensitive side and be understanding of people's problems. Exactly. And it's funny that you bring up these other politicians because on uh, May 15th at Rutgers University in New Jersey, um, the POTUS, he also spoke there and it was their 250th anniversary um, as a as a formal institution. So that was special for them. Um, but yeah, so he talked about, he like subtly talked about Donald Trump. He'd never said his name, but okay. it was pretty obvious that he was talking about him, right? When he was he talk about his ignorance? His ignorance. He touches on that. Like it was basically all about ignorance and how if you are in the public eye, if you are trying to become a leader, ignorance is the last thing that should be like one of your characteristics. Um, and the I think one of the comments he made that like obviously was targeted at Donald Trump was when he mentioned um, his whole Donald Trump's um, his opposition towards Islamic population. In America and how wrong Obama thought that was and it's so funny because of at the Howard one he's talking about how he's extending this empathy to all races and all minorities and stuff and then he was hitting on Donald Trump saying that 
you excluding, like being so exclusive like with this specific race and ethnicity is the opposite of who Obama is. It's crazy to see how opposite they are. Yeah. It's so crazy to me. And then he's just like, no, that's racist. That's wrong. So it's funny because of one of his quotes was isolating or disparaging Muslims, suggesting they should be treated differently when entering this country. That is not just a betrayal of our values. That's not just a betrayal of who we are. It would alienate the very communities at home and abroad that are our most important partners in the fight against violent extremism. And that's so targeted at Trump, right? Yeah. It's it's scary to think that we could go from having this president to Trump, the complete 180 flip in just a couple months. Exactly. And his last line, I remember you saying it earlier. Oh, yeah. It's not cool to not know what you're talking about. Because Trump freaking doesn't know what he's talking about, or many of his supporters, but they pretend like they do, and they think it's cool, or it's right. Exactly. And I love how he just, like, simply says it informally, you know, like, sticks it as it is. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so those two have passed, and the president is set to speak at one more graduation ceremony this year. Unfortunately, won't be at the U of O. Dang. <laughs> he won't be our keynote speaker, um, but he will be at the U.S. Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs on June 3rd. Lucky them. I don't know who our speaker is going to be for the big graduation yet. I don't think they've announced it. it. I hope it's somebody funny. Me too. <laughs> like a comedian. Last year it was Peter Hollins, the guy from On the Rocks, who's like a YouTube sensation now. Oh, nice. And he was actually good. Like, he was funny. And he sang a little bit. Oh, and he, he performed. Yeah, just like one That's song. Awesome. But yeah, it was cool. See, I feel like it would be a good commencement speaker if there's like a little bit of entertainment, a little bit of seriousness, like a good balance so that we don't get bored. Yeah, I mean, he's just like a YouTuber. So he's like, I just sit in my room and make music videos all day. But I'm making money. So like, it was funny. That's Yeah, it's great. Um, but yeah, so away from graduation... And away from giving these speeches, um, to continue on with President Obama, he made another big move with the U.S. school system. And so last week on Friday, the Department of Education passed a policy um, that allows students, and I think this was specifically targeting the transgender community, to go into any bathroom that they wish to, like whatever gender that their identity matches closely with, that's the bathroom that they should use, not the whole rule of whatever is written on your birth certificate is what you should stick with type of thing. So that was formally passed for all U.S. public school districts, and it formally says um, all U.S. public school districts to allow students to use restrooms and locker rooms consistent with their gender identity, and this was a letter um, issued by the Department of Education. Um, and Obama actually did, he did an interview on Monday um, May 16th with BuzzFeed, with BuzzFeed News, and it was him commenting on this whole topic of the controversy that was surrounding transgender students and kids um, using bathrooms. I just don't understand where this whole issue came out of, because, I mean, I understand it from wanting to be able to go into the bathroom of your choice, but a lot of these transgender individuals have been using the bathrooms of their choice for years, and people weren't, like, that upset about it until these last, what, six months, maybe? Like, eight months? I don't know, maybe it's been longer than that, but I don't understand where where the fear is coming from or where the pushback is coming from when 
transgender have been people ha- transgender people have been using the bathrooms they've been wanting to for a while. Yeah, exactly. One of the powerful quotes that came out of that interview with BuzzFeed um, is as follows. And sorry for all the quotes, but I feel like these are really important from the president. Um, So we're talking about kids and anybody who's been in school, been in high school, who's been a parent, I think, should realize that kids who are sometimes in the minority, kids who have a different sexual orientation or are transgender are subject to a lot of bullying, potentially. They are vulnerable, and I think that it's part of our obligation as a society to make sure that everybody is treated fairly and our kids are all loved and that they're protected and that their dignity is affirmed. I like that. That's great. It just I mean, continues that... on with that whole minority theme of, like, they should be protected. These people who are targeted by bullying and violence a lot of the time should be protected. And you're already so in your head when you're young about, like, being weird or different or not being what everybody expects you to be is always going on in your head. So then just to add more stuff on top of that, it's like... We should, our politicians should be working on things like this to make sure that people are going to be able to be included. Exactly. I don't know why it's so so foreign to so many people. I feel like it should be just common sense. <laughs> I feel like, I think UVO has done all, the all-gender bathrooms for a while now. Yeah, I'm not sure when that first started, but I remember hearing about it when we got the first one. I think it was while we were still in school, like yeah. just like a couple of years ago. Huh. Yeah. Um, So away from President Obama and his attention to minority and marginalized communities, which is so awesome, um, the Golden State Warriors, speaking about basketball, Obama likes basketball, right? Yeah. (laughs) We win. (laughs) So last week was sad for Portland Trailblazer fans Mm -hmm. because they lost to the Golden State Warriors in the Western Conference semifinals um, in the NBA. Um, but they didn't lose by too much, so they still like had a good fight. Um, it ended with a one twenty one to one twenty five score, um, and Steph Curry is just nuts. He's so good. Yeah, he's back. Such a he, good player. He, he was hurt for a little bit, yeah. but now he's back, and yeah, he's on his game. He's unreal. He just knows when to turn it on, and he's like fire. <laughs> it's crazy. I know. I feel like he doesn't miss. I mean, he does miss, but it's like rare. Are you a Blazer fan? Or Golden State Warrior fan. Or just like me, though. Uh, I mean, I'm a Steph Curry fan, but yeah. yeah, I'm not really a Warriors fan. Like, I feel like everybody should be a Steph Curry fan, just like out of respect. Yeah, no. <laughs> He's so good. <laughs> and he got MVP this year. It mm-hmm. was a unanimous vote for him, just because of how great he's been performing. Um, and I think that was the so. first time it's ever been unanimous. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. So that's really cool. Um, But the Blazers, they have Damian Lillard, who I feel like is the closest matchup to Steph Curry um, during that game. Oh, yeah, during that series, for sure. Exactly. So he he showed up, too, but Steph Curry's just too good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so the NBA is going through the bracket right now. Um, The Western Conference Championship is between the the semifinals. The championship. The Western Championship, yeah, is Golden State and then Oklahoma City Thunder. Yes. And then the Eastern Conference is Cleveland and Toronto. Um, And so the Golden State Warriors and Oklahoma City have started their series. They had game one on Monday. And they are going through, um, like, Monday and Wednesday and then Sunday. (laughs) I'm sorry, that sounds really stupid. (laughs) 
So the Golden State Warriors and Oklahoma City had their first game on Monday, May 16th. Um, and so they'll be going through their seven games if needed. So best out of seven, as usual. Um, as well as the Cleveland Cavaliers and Toronto Raptors, whose um, first game of their championship series is on two, was on Tuesday, May 17th. It'll be interesting to see who comes out on top. Cleveland Cavaliers are number one. Toronto Raptors are number two. And then Golden State Warriors are one. And Oklahoma City Thunder are number three. So it's pretty pretty low in the ranks, which is which is cool. Yeah, I want to see a championship between Golden State and Cleveland for sure. That would be cool. Steph Curry versus LeBron. That would be the most exciting championship, I think. Yeah, and I remember there was a lot of controversy between them. So, a little, a little drama always yeah, spices things up. Exactly. Help them make a little more, more money, the yeah. playoffs. <laughs> well, we will keep you updated on how this, <laughs> how the NBA unfolds within the next week. It'll be interesting to see, as well as the rest of um, the news internationally, regionally, and on campus. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening. That's our Ponder for the Week. I'd like to give a quick shout out before we go to Nagina Pirzad, who won an award for these weekly columns, the weekly ponders that she writes every week that we do these podcasts for. She got second place of all the columnists in Oregon, all the Oregon schools. So I just wanted to give her a little congrats. Thanks, Tanner. Good writer, always needs a good editor. <laughs> I mean, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Super exciting. Um, but yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at Nagina Pepina, as well as follow along with these weekly ponders that will be happening until the end of the term, as well as a yearly ponder that will be coming out pretty soon. And you can follow me on Twitter at T underscore Owens 21. Thanks for listening.